It's that time. It's time for the best damn marketing podcast on the planet. Whether you want to sell more products, more services, get more customers, or just make more money. This is where you need to be. Coming to you straight from the trenches and reaching across the globe. It's the High Response Marketing Podcast. Featuring the postcard pioneer himself, Bob Ross. Welcome back to another episode of the High Response Marketing Podcast. This is episode number 45. Good to have you on the, on the show. I wonder how many people actually listen to it on the podcast versus YouTube. I don't know. I don't know. But I like that it's going on YouTube too. I like that. Then I get both. I get to listening and watching. I like these podcasts, though, because I got to do more of them because I can talk a little bit longer. I don't have to be worried about cutting it down so short. It gives me a little bit more time to express whatever I'm thinking. And today, because I foresee a lot more people getting into 9 by 12 I've already seen a tremendous amount of interest, a reignited interest, because I've been putting out these, this 9 by 12 mastery course, iresponsemarketing.com slash 9 by 12 will take you to it. And... I've decided to, if you haven't seen, I've decided to make an, a really in-depth, updated, overhaul 9 by 12 course, but in installments. And that allows me to really focus on one specific topic, like preparation, the prospecting, the pitching, closing, one specific part at a time, and also gives anyone that's picking it up the chance to just buy the parts that they need. So... Maybe you're uh, maybe you're only unclear about one certain part. Maybe you just want to get better at pitching and you don't really need to buy a full-blown course because you have 80% of that information. You only need that 20%. So I think this is a great thing. And at the end, there's going to be four or five installments. We just put out the first. And in the end, you can just buy the full course if you want to. But this way, it's a little bit cheaper. I don't know. I'm really excited about it. It's been going really well. So anyways, there's definitely a lot more interest right now reignited interest and I want to be prepared for that because I don't want you messing up. I want you to put these cards out in two weeks. In two weeks, I want you to have these cards sold. Now, that doesn't mean like you start today and then in two weeks you have the mailer out. Like you ha- still have to accommodate time to like prepare for selling them and get all your ducks in, in a row and everything ordered and then and then two weeks to actually sell the spaces. So like the actual time to sell when it comes down to getting the ad sold, that two weeks, that's all it should take. The rest is just getting it printed and mailing, prepared for mailing and all, all, the, all that nonsense. Two weeks, I want you to make a whole bunch of money, a few thousand dollars. I'm going to do everything I can in this course to help you do that. I don't really see a reason why you can't. You are messing something up if you're, if you're taking any longer than two weeks to sell your spaces, for sure. So I hope you pick that up. But it doesn't matter if you don't. You're still going to get some value out of this. So today, because I want you to be, I'm, I'm thinking about you or anyone that's maybe re-getting into 9x12s or just getting into 9x12 postcards for the first time, I know something's going to come up and you're going to want to hire people at some point. I know I, ever since I just started going out on my own for both my home improvement business and my marketing business, I, I've been hiring the whole time, like instantly hiring. That was the first time like I got to hire because there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can have someone else do that you can spend less on than what it would cost you to do. Like you shouldn't be doing all this stuff that other people can do for cheaper while you 
can focus on the things that make you more money that only you can do. So hiring people just allows you to get things done much faster, much more efficiently. Plus you're creating jobs. And I think it's satisfying to give people jobs and maybe make a mark on their life in a positive way and give them a positive experience and teach them something or whatever. I just like, I like being an employer. I think you, you may like that too, but I want to steer you in the right direction because there are some things that you aren't really talked about or are get forgotten about, or there's like little things that you might not know about that can really screw you over. And I'm trying to help you avoid that. I don't think I've done a podcast on this before. Uh, even if you, even if you may have heard me talk about this before, it's good to refresh a bit because I know that most marketers, and I was guilty of this too. They love to 1099 people. They love to just put people on a 1099. 1099, if you don't know, it's like what you issue someone for taxes at the end of the year basically says, hey, I I outsourced some labor and I want to deduct it, take it as a deduction. And it's a, it's a cop-out way of hiring someone without putting them on a payroll. Because I think most marketers are like, yeah, I'm not setting up payroll I'm not, I'm not that big yet. I'm just going to outsource. I'm just going to 1099 someone and put them on a 1099 subcontractor and pay them with a check, give them a check, and then they can deal with their own taxes. That's how most marketers do it. Then it's wrong. You can't do that. You can't legally, you can't do that. I'm not a lawyer, but my understanding, and I've been in trouble for this before, pretty confident you can't do it. You can't just hire someone to prospect for you or close for you. There's, there's some exceptions where you can, uh, but if you're hiring, if you're like hiring someone in your office or even like just someone you put a, put a help wanted thing and you hire some kid or something, which is fine. Like you should be doing this. You hire someone to go out and prospect, whether it's on a phone or send emails or do close for you or visit businesses, they are employees. There's no way around that really. The IRS and probably your state is going to treat them as employees because, and not subcontractors, which means you have to cut checks, you have to pay payroll to take taxes out and all that nonsense. It's not difficult to do, but I'm just warning you that you don't want to just be hiring people by treating them as a subcontractor and just cutting them a check and saying, hey, you work on commission or let's, you're responsible for your own taxes because it could come back on you really hard. Like you could get in so much trouble. You get audited, you could get, and it could bite you years down the road. If essentially, if you look at the definitions of what a uh, employee is, it's like someone, there's like these tests. The IRS has this thing called a test. It's like 10 questions. Does, do you provide any materials? Do you provide any training? Do you control anything that this person does or uh, give them instructions? Or if, if you answer any of those, if you give them any equipment or training or, uh, instruction of how to do something, they are an employee. The IRS will consider them an employee in their eyes, not a subcontractor. And even probably the biggest one is, uh, is it something that your is a normal part of your business? Is what this person performing is is it a normal everyday part of your business? And if that that means they're an employee, so if you hire someone to make calls or you hire someone to go out and prospect and talk to business owners, 
you run the risk of getting in trouble with the IRS and also kind of screwing them over because if they start making money, they may not fully understand that they have to pay taxes, they, their own taxes. They're basically self-employed and they don't, they don't know that. So they, the end of the year, they turn that, you report that income so you can take a deduction on it and then they get socked with this huge income that they didn't, they didn't pay any taxes for. And now they're treated like self-employment. And then, and that's where problems can arise because now they might be like, well, what are you talking about? I'm I, like, I work for this guy or girl. I don't, I, it, and then it turns into the IRS is like, oh, really? And now they come looking after you. So I'm just trying to save you some, some hardship because that could really, that could really hurt your business down the road. And there are some ways that you can 1099 people legally. There's, because you can, you can have a call, you can have like a phone caller or an emailer or even like administrative assistant, as long as they're through like a, uh, like an online service. Like if you hire someone on Fiverr or Upwork or freelancer, any of these like legitimate freelancers, like the, those are freelancers. They work, essentially they work for other people too. And that's part of, like, if you start looking into your state or the IRS's definitions of subcontractors and stuff, they, one of the, like, tests, one of the things that shows that it, it could be a legitimate subcontractor would be, do they, do they advertise their services to other people? Do they work for other people performing the same duty? Because there are plenty of people who do prospecting or they do administrative work or they do, you know, they do Excel or scheduling or virtual assistant stuff and they do it for other people. They advertise it for other people and you are basically buying that service from them. And those, those situations, they're fully aware that they're going to owe tech. They're self-employed. Like they know they're running a service based business and you are a client of theirs. You're a customer of theirs. You are buying their services that they fully understand that you get to write a hundred percent of that off. You don't have to pay them any taxes. You don't have to pay payroll or none of that. It's great. The downfall is they have to be, you're generally paying more because you're paying, buying a service, someone who's already equipped with that. If you're looking to hire someone in house, like you're going to hire a college kid or you're going to hire someone part-time or single mom or whatever, retired grandmother, like those are employees. There's really no way around it. They are employees. You can pay them as a 1099 and just cut them a check and Maybe you'll never get in trouble. I don't know. But it. what if they get hurt? What if they get injured? You know, in most states, you got to carry workers' comp. You have to, as an employer, like someone gets hurt, someone goes to your little shitty office or whatever, and they freaking slice their finger up or something. They go to the hospital, and the hospital's like, what, this happened at work? And they're like, yeah. And then now all of a sudden, their insurance don't want to pay because it's a work injury. And they're like, you got to file a workers' comp claim. And now all of a sudden, you got a workers' comp claim. This people can get injured at, for the stupidest things, and as an employer, you gotta have workers' comp. So you might might not have really thought about that. Doesn't matter how big you are. You might think like, oh, but I'm just a small, you know, just a small, small agency and stuff. Well, that's being an employer. Like it doesn't matter how big or small you are. You have to take care of your employers, the employees. Like you have to take their taxes out. You have to pay them a decent wage. Like you have to. Have workers comp. You are an employer. You're no different than any other employer, like a restaurant or something. You see people crapping about the way they're mistreated at a restaurant. Those are small businesses too. You are no different. You have to take the basic care of your employees. Don't try to cheat them out of things. So 
you may wonder, well, how do I actually set, like I'll never be able to get a person employed. I'll never be able to have an employee if I have to do all these things with payroll and stuff. It's fortunately really easy. It should not be a hindrance. Um, even commission, even commission-based stuff. Like you buy a workers' comp policy, you're going to have to do that. I get mine through the state. I'm in New York State, but there's most insurance places can do it. It ends up being cheaper for me, but it's cheap. Like workers' comp is based on the danger of what their job is. So like prospecting and office work and stuff is really cheap. Like a few hundred bucks a year might cover like four or five employees or something. It's 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 really not that much. You buy a workers' comp policy, then you're covered there. If someone gets injured, that prevents you from getting sued personally. Like your your insurance would take care of their their bills. Um. And then you use a service like Gusto.com. That's the one I use, and I'm not sponsored by them or anything. Gusto.com, I've been using them for since 2014. I was using Paychex. The big players are ADP and Paychex, and I was using them before, but they were they were just raping me in costs. It was like $70 every two weeks to just to process payroll. It was crazy. I was paying almost $200 a month just to process payroll, and I had to pay people two, every two weeks, which sucks. Employees don't like that. With Gusto.com, you sign up, and it's really inexpensive. It's super easy to use. They handle everything. They, they, they cut the checks. They direct deposit. They generate everything. They give people an online account. They set it. It's so easy to use, and it's inexpensive. I think it's like 30, maybe like it's under 40 bucks a month plus. You pay like $5 per employee or $8 per extra employee or something is really not that much. And you can run payroll anytime. So you can actually run checks every week. If someone needs a, an emergency check, someone got a big fat commission, you want to pay them something, you can do that. It's a, it's a great service. I can't speak enough about it. And I've told most of my business owning friends and gotten a lot of them to convert over for nothing. Like there's no incentive. It's just, it's an easy way to run payroll. You can bring people on for payroll pretty, pretty easily. It's not, it's not difficult at all. And it's the right thing to do. You're taking care of your employees, but also you're preventing yourself from getting in trouble. You don't want to get in trouble and you don't want to be a shitty employer. Like you don't want to be, don't do the 1099 thing where you're getting, you're hiring people and you put them in an office with a freaking phone and you're paying them 1099 and then you're, you're screwing them out of taxes. You're just, you're like a, one of these slave owning employees trying to skirt the rules. It's, it's, the same as like paying people under the table. It's just not the right thing to do. And a quick note about paying under the table, which means like just giving people cash. It's like a lot of contractors do it and stuff. The prob- contractors, uh, you know, they, they pay a lot of, like they're notorious for pay- paying people by the day. You know, here's 50 bucks and do this. They have really high workers' comp rates. So that is the main thing is that they're, it's just so expensive to, it makes them non-competitive, so they end up paying people under the table. I get that. But you are going to have very low comp rates. So there's no reason to pay someone under the table from an insurance point of view, not having to pay insurance. The problem with paying under the table is that you are paying them tax-free money. That's really the problem is that you pay someone 50 bucks you're paying that $50 out of money that you already paid taxes on so that you had to make maybe $75 to, by the time you got that $50, you, you paid your 20 something dollars in tax on it. Now you gave them that $50 and they don't have to report it. 
So they're not even, they're getting it tax-free. So they're essentially getting something like $75 because it's tax-free. Meanwhile, you paid the tax. It's really, it's a stupid, paying under the table is stupid. Maybe for something quick, like a day, you need some, you know, some kid to help you put up some bookshelves in your office or something. Like you don't, don't need to pay someone on the, like you just pay. And I think that, I think there's even like rules where you can, you can do that kind of stuff. Like a few hundred dollars, it's like babysitting. Like you can, you don't have to put someone on the payroll for like a few hundred bucks. But if you're going to actually hire someone, you got to set up payroll. It's easy. I guess the, there's a couple points to this is that one, it is, you don't have to be afraid of hiring people. I think that you should, and you should become an employer and create jobs and use that as a money maker. Like employees should be making you money and saving you time, but you got to put, you got to do it right. And it's not difficult. You go on gusso.com, set up your payroll. It's, it's really not difficult. I love it. I love being an employee and I want you to be an employee too. I just don't want you to get in trouble. I don't want you to get in trouble with the IRS or there's so many agencies that can come down on you, like unemployment, uh, worker comp, the IRS, the state. There's just so many that labor boards and stuff that can that can that can come after you. And I don't I don't want to see it. I don't want to see you lose your business over something stupid like that. So I hope that helped. If it did, let me know. Other than that, we'll see you on the next episode.